Today we're going to continue in our series, Terms of Surrender. And, and through this series, we've been kind of um, journeying along with Jesus in Luke chapter 9 to Luke 23, 24. And, and Jesus' journey to the cross, it says in Luke chapter 9 that, that Jesus turned and set his face towards Jerusalem, towards the cross. And so we've kind of been journeying along as he went to Jerusalem on his way. He'd been ministering for a few years and all of a sudden it was like, okay, that's where I'm headed. But as he's going along the way, he continues to teach and to lead um, his disciples and, and I think us in what it looks like to be faithful followers. But I, I want to start with this. Um, I think sometimes it would be easy for us to think that Christianity or, or being a follower of Jesus is just about showing up to church or changing our behavior or a list of do's and don'ts or maybe a sticker we put on our car or how we talk or just the way that we talk about ourselves. Uh, but I, I want us to understand something, that if we are going to be followers of Christ, it's more than just a change of, of lifestyle. It's more than just a list of do's and don'ts. It's more than just faithfully attending church. I want you to understand this morning that when you accept Christ as your Savior, when you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's more than a lifestyle change. It's a purpose change. Jesus had a mission. Jesus was going to the cross to redeem and restore all things. And so we, as followers of Christ, following Jesus means that we take up his mission. I want you to hear that today. Listen, I know it's easy to come to church and to go through the motions sometimes, but we are on a journey, and if you are a faithful follower of Christ, you are journeying with Jesus on the mission of redeeming and restoring all things. So it's more than just a a small thing. You have new purpose in Christ. So Jesus, we're going to jump right into the scripture today. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, um, the disciples have been journeying with Jesus. They've, they, um, they've gotten the call to follow. They've, they've started following along. They've learned from Jesus. They've seen miracles um, they've, that he's taught them. Uh, you know, he's preached to them. He, he's shown them things. And, and now in, in chapter 9, it's time for their next step in the journey. So I want you to stand with me and honor God's word. And I want you to hear, um, I, I want you to hear what Jesus says to these disciples, but I want you to hear from God today. So, so we stand and honor God's word because we believe that God wants to speak to us today. So here we go, verse one through six. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. You can have a seat. So following Jesus means taking up his mission. This is what the disciples were called into. So I want us to see just real quickly the, the journey that the disciples were on so that we can understand that our journey is the same journey. So, so here we go. In, in chapter 9, Jesus is taking them to the next step, but I want you to see the four parts of their journey. The first thing is that the disciples were called to follow Jesus. 
This is when Jesus came to each one of them and said, follow me. And they made that initial commitment to follow Jesus. They were all in. They dropped everything and they went with him. So every single one of us, every single one of us are called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We are called just as Jesus physically went to the disciples. Jesus comes to us today and asks us to follow him. There is nobody in this room that Jesus does not love and that Jesus does not want to call into a relationship. Every single one of us are called to follow Jesus. And, and so there's that first moment. Maybe, maybe you had that moment 40 years ago. Maybe you had that moment last week. I don't know where each of us are at, but we're all on this journey together. There's the call to follow. The second thing is the disciples followed and they grew and they learned from Jesus. So as they literally walked with Jesus, they learned, they, they saw what he did. He taught them and they grew in their faith. And that's maybe some of you here today are in that phase of your journey. You've accepted Christ and you're in this process of learning what it means to follow Jesus. That's kind of what, what we do here. We look into God's word and God is teaching us what it looks like to be fully surrendered. And there, there's some, some ways we do that. So Jesus isn't physically, you don't see Jesus in the physical form walking with you, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is walking with us every day and teaching us what it looks like to follow. So every day as we pray, as we journey together in discipleship relationships, we're learning and growing in our faith. And then the third thing that happens is here in, in chapter nine, it says Jesus called the 12 together and they were filled with power. See, they were on a journey, they were on a mission. Jesus had a plan for them, God had a plan for them. But before Jesus sends them out, Jesus fills them with his power. Listen, I believe 100% that God is calling every single one of us into a journey, into his mission. And I got good news for you. It's not just you in your human power. It's not just you with your mind and your skills. God fills us with his power as he sends us out. And so that's the fourth thing is that disciples are sent out. So right here, that's the, the journey that the disciples have been on. And in chapter nine, Jesus says, you're ready. It's time to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Every single one of us is called into this same journey. I just want to do a quick thing. Uh, we have something called the I'm ready button here at the church. And we believe that every single one of us is on somewhere on this journey. And so if you go to wcn.church and you click on the I'm ready button, there's a whole list of things that are kind of spiritual markers or steps that you can take in your faith. And I would love for you today, this week, to just take some time and kind of inventory, hey, where am I on this journey and maybe even go to that page and say, is there a next step that I need to take? Jesus is calling us on the journey. Here's the problem. Sometimes in the church, we have a flawed mindset or a flawed view of what, what this mission is all about. Sometimes we have this kind of um, sporting event mentality in the church where there are players that are on the field or on the court and they're doing the playing and then we have cheerleaders on the sideline that are just sitting there cheering them on and then we have people in the stands that are just watching them 
spectating. That's not God's plan. God's plan is that every single one of us would proclaim the kingdom and follow him and be on mission. And let me tell you something. You will see God work when you're obedient to step into your calling. In this church, I mean, we can talk about the music, you can talk about the preaching if you want, you talk about whatever you want. This church is going to see, is seeing God do great things and will continue to see God do great things when we all step into the mission together. So I want you to get this today. All disciples, how, who? All, say all to the person next to you. All disciples are called to proclaim the kingdom. There's no spectating. God's will is not for any of us to just sit around while everyone else does the work. And so then in chapter 9, I want to be really clear. Chapter 9 is Jesus is speaking and calling specific disciples, these 12 apostles. In chapter 6, Jesus takes these 12 and says, you are my, he kind of um, ordains them or calls them his apostles. In chapter 9 here, Jesus is speaking specifically to these 12 But in chapter 10, we see after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And then we see the great commission later that says, go and make disciples of all nations. We are all. So at this point in chapter 9, it's 12. Next, it's going to be 72. And eventually, it's all of us. All. Say it with me. All are called to proclaim the kingdom. You are called. You are called. I want you to, don't miss that today. You are called, not just into a relationship with Jesus, but into the mission of Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, you are called. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. You are called to proclaim the kingdom and to redeem and restore all things. So now I wanted to get into to verse three. Verse three is where he gets real specific. And listen, I just, I wanna keep saying this. I don't ever wanna take scripture and take it out of context. Jesus is speaking to the 12 apostles in this scripture. But there, so, so we don't take it as if Jesus is saying this exact thing to us, but what we do is we take it and we learn from it today because I think there are some things that God wants to say to each and every one of us through this. And so verse three, he told them, take nothing for the journey. Take no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. And whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So Jesus is sending them out for the mission to proclaim the kingdom, and he gives them these three commands that I want us to work through. We're going to spend our most time on the third one, but, but I want to work through these three commands. Now, the first thing, take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Any of you travelers? Raise your hand if you're a traveler. How are you at packing? Anybody that knows the person that raised their hand, how are they at packing? How are you at packing? I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so let me tell you how I pack. I just, I, um, I've got my suitcase back here. Um, when I go on a trip, here it is. This is my suitcase. I throw some shirts. And so, well, maybe if it's more than like five days, I have to take a bigger one. But, but this, is my, this is my suitcase. And, and so... That's how I pack. Uh, We're going to go to Guatemala in a couple months. And you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to, not a week before, but probably the morning of, get up and throw a bunch of stuff into a suitcase and roll on out to Guadalajara. That's how I pack. Um, one of my least favorite things was packing when we had little kids. We have four kids. Packing with kids is the worst. We were with the staff the other night and, and Pastor Teresa, we rode with her and we got to the place and she opened the trunk and there was the stroller and I thought, oh, I'm glad I don't have to deal with those things anymore. Because when we would go on a trip, we would have to have the stroller, like the main stroller, right? But then, just in case we walked anywhere, we would have to have the jogging stroller. So you had the big stroller and then the still big stroller. And then we would have the bag for uh, clothing, which was with six people in our family is multiple bags. So we had the clothing bags. Then what else do you have? You have the bag of snacks. When you're going somewhere, you've got to have snacks, especially when you've got four small boys. So we had the bag of snacks. And then what else do we have? The bag of Oh, chargers, yeah, and we had the bag of toys. You have to take the bag of toys. And so how many of you have ever been packing for a vacation and you got stuff in and you're trying to shut the trunk and you just, like, you got to go rearrange it because there's just too much stuff? I got to be honest with you. I, I hated packing. I hated strollers. I hated packing for trips when kids were little. I still kind of hate packing for trips. But Jesus says to the disciples here, he says, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Jesus says, don't take anything with you. I'm sending you out on a mission. Don't take a bunch of stuff with you. In fact, he doesn't say don't take a bunch of stuff. He says, don't take anything with you. Now, this is where I want to be very clear. I don't think that Jesus is telling all of us this morning that we have to get rid of everything so that we can be on our journey. Here's what I think Jesus is saying to us. We can't let stuff get in the way of our mission, our journey. So there's two reasons I think Jesus is saying this. Number one, the more you have, the harder it is to move. The more you have packed in a car, the more you have tied to the top of the car, the more you're carrying, the harder it is to journey. And so, so Jesus is saying, don't, get, don't let the stuff keep you from the journey. The second reason is, I think Jesus wants the disciples to learn to trust him. See, here's a problem that I believe we have in this area. One of the problems with um, affluency, with, with having possessions and material things is, sometimes we forget that we need Jesus. Any of you ever tried to like witness to someone that just said, why would I need that? I mean, I've got everything I need right here. See, there's a tendency that we have that when, when we take a bunch of stuff with us, when, when we have everything we need, we forget that we have a Savior that we're dependent upon. And so Jesus says, don't take the stuff, but learn to depend on me. Listen, to proclaim the kingdom of God, you first have to learn to fully trust and depend on God. If you don't learn to trust and depend, you're not going to be able to proclaim the kingdom the right way. This doesn't just go with stuff. Um, there are pastors who have it all figured out. I mean, they've got the systems. They, they can speak. I, I had a pastor um, confess to me a couple years ago. He said, you know, um, I've, I've written so many sermons in my time that I've, I've just gotten to the point that I don't really always need God's help. 
And, and listen, I, I'm not, I, this, this is a wonderful guy. I appreciate his confession. But the truth is that sometimes we can be tempted to think, hey, I've got everything I need. Even when it comes to writing sermons, like, hey, I've got my system. I know how I do it. And he said, honestly, I kind of got on autopilot for a while. And I just, I, I kind of got lazy and comfortable. And he said, God convicted me and said, you need me. Here's, here's the thing. Nothing I can say to you, this, this is, nothing I can say to you will save you. Nothing that any of us have can save us. Not the best music in the world, not the perfect altar call, not any, the only thing that can save us is the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit working through us. And so Jesus is teaching the disciples that if you're going to go proclaim the kingdom, you need to first understand and, and depend and rely on Jesus and God's power. And so to proclaim the kingdom, we've got we've to learn to fully trust. And then we get into verse 3 through 5, and Jesus gives these specific commands uh, verse 3 is, is take nothing. Verse 4 goes on. He said, this is kind of an interesting one. He says, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet. So I want to focus on verse 4 there. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. This is the second command. The first is take nothing with you. Learn to depend on Jesus. The second is this. When you go and you find a house, stay there. Why would Jesus tell the disciples to stay in one place until they leave that town. He doesn't say stay there forever, but he says when you go to a place, find a place to stay and stay there. Any, think about that in your mind. This is a weird thing. I think Jesus knows how we operate. Um, I think Jesus knows his disciples pretty well. And, and I think what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples is when, when you get to a place and you find a place to stay, you need to learn to be content with where I've sent you. See, our tendency is to find a place and then to say, oh, there's a better place over there. Or to find a place and to find what's wrong with that place and to think, I need to go to another place to be content and happy and serve God. Jesus says, no, find a place to stay and trust me until it's time to go to the next place. Don't get caught up in where you're at. Don't get caught up in your location. Uh, uh, several years ago, when I was a youth pastor in South Carolina, I had been there for three years. And uh, the first year of ministry, I'll just tell you, like my first year there was incredible. Uh, I mean, we, we graduated like 15 kids in this small church. And, and it was just this awesome year. And then the next few years just were kind of tough, if I'm being honest. And I kind of got to the place where I was frustrated with my surroundings. You know, we could have had, it would have been nice to have a, you know, a church bus or a van. Those are nice when you're running a youth group. We, we could have had better space. Things could have been better. And I kind of was at a place where I was like, okay, God, you know, it's time. I'm ready to move. I've had enough of this. And, and I went to NYC in St. Louis. And I remember I was walking around NYC and I was telling Megan, I was like, hey, I like it here. We should move here. Like, come on, God, it's time. Go ahead and send me here. It's closer to home. I, you know, I need a change of scenery. And, and one night at the service, I mean, I, I didn't hear a voice, but God got my attention. And I'm telling you, there was no mistaking this was God. And God said, you don't need to worry about your surroundings. 
You need to worry about your faithfulness and commitment and trust me for the rest. And so God said, I want you to give me one year and I want you to quit blaming things around you and I want you to give me your all for one year. And so I made that commitment. And you know what happened the next day when I got home from the trip? I got a call from a church in St. Louis. (laughs) Isn't God kind of funny? I'm sitting there saying, God, I'd love to move here, make it happen. And God says, no, I want you to stay where you're at and I want you to give me your best for a year. And literally the next day or a few days, I get a call from from St. Louis. And I said, you know what? As, As tempting as this is, I need to be content with where I am and I need to give my all. And so I committed to that, and, and uh, amazing story. I mean, almost a year to the, to the day later, I started getting calls, and that's when I ended up coming back here to minister. Listen, God is faithful, and sometimes we get caught up in the places. We just need to be content and trust God. So then we get to verse five, and this is where I wanna spend some time today. Jesus says, if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. This is tough. If you're not accepted, then leave the town and shake the dust off your feet and move on. It would be easy for us to take this as God doesn't care about the people in those towns. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus knows that we have a tendency to get weighed down by the things that happen in our lives. So we talked about the front end of packing, like if we take too much stuff, the journey is too difficult, but here's the truth. We not only take a bunch of stuff, but sometimes we pick stuff up along the way. Have any of you ever gone on a trip with very little and come home with a lot? That's how we are as people. The truth is we we pick up baggage Along our journey, Jesus says, I'm calling you on a mission. I'm calling you somewhere. But along the way, it's really easy for us to take on baggage and to get weighed down on our journey. So I want to talk about a few of the things that that we pick up baggage from. I want to say this. Don't ever let people or circumstances take you away from your mission. We are called on a mission. And we can't let other things weigh us down and hold us back. So here's, here's how it works. I'm a pastor. Let me grab my trusty suitcase here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fall off this time. Um, here, here's my trusty suitcase. And so, so there's this baggage that if I'm being really honest with you, sometimes I carry around. And that's the baggage of other people's expectations. As a pastor, there are a lot of people that know how to pastor a church, Right? And then there are a lot of people that know how to do your job better than you, aren't there? And sometimes I get weighed down, and listen, I'm not complaining, you guys are a wonderful church, please don't hear this as a complaint, but sometimes I weigh myself down with the baggage of expectations. And I worry about, oh, are they happy, are they happy, am I doing this right? And I start to get weighed down by expectations. This is a big one for a lot of us, so I'll grab the big suitcase. Sometimes people are mean to us, aren't they? Anyone ever been mean to you? By the way, there's nothing in this. I'm not really that strong. (laughs) It's a really heavy suitcase, but uh, not, not with nothing in it. Sometimes people are mean to us and hurt us. And what we typically do is we take that and we carry it around with us. And all of a sudden, our journey 
becomes a little bit heavier because we've got other people's expectations and we've got hurt from the past. There's probably something that somebody said to you at one point that still sticks with you today. And we carry it around like baggage. Maybe, here, this is not my suitcase. You'll figure that out pretty quick. But uh, maybe you struggle to forgive someone for something. Maybe someone's hurt you in the past and you struggle to forgive. So there's two things. We had a men's conference recently, and, and I thought this was really good. Um, Ron Rand was speaking, and he, he said when, so the, the not letting people hurt you, he said when somebody says something hurtful to you, you can hear it. You don't have to receive it. And so he said, hear what people say, but don't receive negativity. Because what we do is we take it and we carry it around. And, and then moving on, he said, when you don't forgive someone, when somebody hurts you and you're carrying it around and you won't forgive them, it's as if they're handcuffed to you and everywhere you go, you're carrying the hurt and the lack of forgiveness from that with you. And so all of a sudden you start to see that we start to get weighed down a little bit. I'm on a mission. I'm called, but I've got these expectations and people are hurting me and I'm struggling to forgive. And, and then there's just those moments. Uh, let me, this once again is not my bag. Um, then there's those moments. You can tell I, I don't carry a purse, right? There's those moments that I fail. There's those moments that I don't measure up. There's those moments that maybe I haven't been the best father to my kids, or maybe this week I, I lost my temper, or maybe this week I didn't spend the time in the word that I needed to spend in the word, or maybe I just blew it in a big way in leadership, and all of a sudden I'm carrying around this baggage of failure. And do you see what's happening to me? I'm called on a journey. Jesus says, take nothing on the journey. Don't get weighed down by the stuff that you pack. But now Jesus is saying, don't get weighed down by the stuff that happens to you, what people say, what people do. He says, when, when stuff like this happens, when you go to a town and, and they start hurting you or they reject you, he says, shake it off. You don't need to carry it. Don't let people and things and hurts keep you from the mission. Are you carrying any baggage today? Is there anything that just like these bags, you feel it heavy on your shoulders? Has somebody hurt you? Have you failed? Do you worry about the expectations? Are you carrying something that's keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do and be who you're supposed to be? Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving because God's going to take care of you. Verse 6 says, so they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Here's the, here's the good news. When we shake off the dust, when we drop our baggage at Jesus' feet, God is faithful. Are you carrying some baggage today? I got good news for you. Just like I just dropped all that baggage, it can be gone today. 
We have a Savior that willingly takes our burdens. Sometimes on vacation, my kids can't carry their bags. What do they do? They hand them to me. We got a God that's glad to carry our baggage. Today, if you got some baggage that you're carrying, it's time to surrender it. There may be something that someone said to you 10, 20 years ago that you've been carrying with you all along. It's time to let it go. It's time to forget about those things that are weighing you down and keeping you from being who God created and calls you to be. So here's what I want us to do today. I want us to respond to God's word. And I I told you earlier, this is not a spectator sport. This isn't that some of us are called to surrender and others are called to sit and watch. We are all, say it with me, all called on the mission. So today, if you got some baggage, it's time to surrender it. The worship team is going to come up and we're going to sing a song, maybe two songs, and and I wanna ask you to respond to God's word. There's several ways you can. There should be a card in the seat in front of you, Um, but there's a prayer station over here. There's a praise wall. There's a station in the back where where you can do an activity that's surrendering your baggage. There's communion over here, or if you need to just kneel at the cross and say, God, I'm laying this at your feet, or maybe for you, you're just gonna respond right where you are. But listen to me, nobody, nobody in here is called to keep carrying around all of this junk. Today you can be free of it and you can be on mission to be who God's called you to be. Father, I pray that we would respond to you now, even physically, that if if you call us to get up and go to an altar or you call us Um, to go have someone pray for us, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that we would respond to you. And I pray that nobody in this room, no matter where they're at on the journey, that nobody in this room would walk out of here with the baggage that we came in with, but that every single one of us would completely surrender. Lord, I know there are people here that are carrying heavy burdens. I know that right now there are people that are hurting. pray that we would surrender to you. Jesus, you're right here with us. And you want us to lay everything down at your feet. We do that now in Jesus' name.